Support for Talking Art comes from Quad City Bank and Trust, providing consumer and commercial banking as well as trust and asset management. For more information, visit qcbt.bank or stop by one of QCBT's five locations. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Martha Redbone, a native and African-American vocalist, songwriter, composer, and educator who is here this week in residence as a Quad City Arts visiting artist. Welcome, Martha. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. And your music has been described as a unique gumbo with many different flavors containing elements of folk, blues, and gospel, along with strong indigenous rhythms. And that mixture reflects your own personal heritage. Where did you grow up and and how did that impact your musical development? I feel um, I I grew up between uh, Kentucky, Harlan County, Kentucky, and Brooklyn in New York City. And so I feel like I had the best of both worlds when it comes to uh, cultural music. And and I do call the, the music a gumbo because it is everything that I grew up with, um, you know, as a child with, you know, with country music, with uh, traditional um, you know, Southeastern tribal music. And then, you know, as a teenager in New York City, just the sounds of, of music in New York City with the, you know, that kind of like earthy grit, you know, I came up with, with um, when hip hop was invented and, and DJing and the whole kind of turntable culture. And, and, and I incorporate all of that, those rhythms together and, and use storytelling uh, to, as the, you know, as the vehicle to, for the music as well. Mm-hmm. There was a quote about your uh, music and your style in the New Yorker. They described it as a brilliant collision of cultures. And I love that because you really are steeped in two very different landscapes. You know, there's this urban, very gritty part and then the rural landscape and your your maternal grandmother, she identified as, well, she was a, of an um, indigenous background. That's right. That's right. We were Cherokee people, and um, and my grandpa's Choctaw and Black, mm-hmm. and also um, I think um, you know, as an artist, you know, and as a musician and a, and a composer and storyteller, I think um, you know, artists, you know, when you're creating something, um, you incorporate everything that you are. I mean, I'm here today because of everything that came before me, and so um, I made. A kind of conscious decision many many years ago that I would honor our humble area in Kentucky um, there's huge stories about Har- the infamous Harlan County when you talk about coal mining and and um, you know the the strikes and all kinds of things like that but one huge uh, gaping missing element in the celebration of our homelands are the original caretakers of the land. And that is, you know, Black Mountain and the uh, original Cherokee Shawnee people from that region. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's also the, the huge missing element in the room. The second um, element is um, uh, missing from the story is the part of the Black migration. You know, the Black people who, who migrated to work in the coal mines for, for work. 
and as early as the 1880s. And this this is a huge story that is just not told or um, acknowledged. So me being, um, you know, a descendant from both of these cultures, I chose to incorporate that in, in my work. I, I did not want to be a participant in the genocide of my own people. Well, and some of, besides the language and the storytelling aspect, some of the instruments that you use uh, also are an homage to that background. Can you talk about That's right. that a little bit? You incorporate rattles and other devices. Absolutely. You know, I always take my rattle with me wherever I go. <laughs> um, I think it's the the rhythm and the rhythms that carry. We, we use, you know, we have banjos, which are, you know, of course, an African instrument. Um, we have the, the fiddles and we have we also have, you know, rhythm and blues and rock and roll incorporated in our in our music and, and, and songs. And um, for me, I just feel like, it, you know, it's something that paints the full picture of the region in a way that, um, you know, for, for many, you know, for for centuries, you know, for decades, I would say with popular music, there's always been this kind of um, categorization going on and people trying to put things into boxes. But when you talk about Southeastern people who are, you know, classified as Black or African American, we're forgetting our Indigenous um, ancestry. We're forgetting about our Indigenous heritage and our birthright to the lands that we were, you know, born from. And, um, and very much in a similar way to, you know, our relatives in uh, Louisiana who, you know, celebrate their gumbo, musical gumbos. I do exactly the same thing. Mm. Well, you have a wide musical vocabulary because in 2012, you released the album, The Garden of Love, Songs of William Blake, in which you set the 18th century romantic poet's words to music. And, and you've performed this work all over the world with the Martha Redbone Roots Project. I'm curious, what is it about the poet William Blake that resonates with you? It was interesting because I have to say that the the music that most of the music that I create has been with my partner, uh, Aaron Whitby, who happens to be a Londoner. And um, we have tons and tons of books here. And we he he's the one who rediscovered um, the Blake anthology on our shelves and, and thought it would be a cool idea to uh, set some of these poems uh, to the project that we were doing. So we, you know, kind of look through so many of these poems. And I have to say that, you know, I was reminded of how beautiful the language was. His, uh, Blake's use of the English language and his depiction of the la- landscape. Um, and not only that, but his messages about um, having compassion for humankind, um, questioning the ideas of organized religions, and you know, and the combination of ch- uh, church and state, and what that does to humanity, and um, and also his pleas for all of us having compassion for each other. And today we're living in a world, and we have been living in a world um, that is still struggling to find a way to have compassion for each other. And um, 
you know, you do see little, you know, flickers of, of hope and promise and, you know, and as a human being, and, and now I'm also a mother, I have to believe that this is possible. And, and I realize now, especially after coming through this pandemic, that we truly are a global community and that we need each other more than ever. And with technology and the sophistication of, of all these new developments of ways to communicate and see each other and, and spread the word, we have to um, find ways to have that um, compassion. And to me, when I think about William Blake, who wrote these poems, you know, 200, over 200 years ago, and here we are, and he was thinking about this very same thing 200 years ago, um, I thought that it would be a really great reminder for us to continue on with that, you know, with that um, ethic, you know, to continue striving towards forming a global community by having compassion for each mm -hmm. other. Well, let's hear a portion of the title song, The Garden of Love. It's so interesting that in 2023, you are singing William Blake's poems in your own mix of Appalachian and indigenous and African-American rhythms. But Blake thought of these poems as, as songs, didn't he? Yes, he did some of the the um, songs of innocence and songs of experience, yes. And then there were some snippets of uh, other pieces that were incorporated in it. But yes, I think he, you know, he also heard them as songs, which is really wonderful. And then um, with the imagery, I felt, you know, these kind of rolling hills of England and craggy rocks still spoke to me of Appalachia. And, um, and so for me, it felt like such an organic fit. And um, we were also very, very um, fortunate to have uh, John McEwen, who is one of the founding members of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, um, produce this uh, project with us. Mm. Um, and that's that was a real wonderful, um, you know, I would say kismet, you know, because we met in California very briefly, and um, and it was just the timing was absolutely perfect to get him on board because the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band are you know, a heavily touring band who've been together for, you know, 50 years. And so it was wonderful to have um, his uh, beautiful arrangements to the songs that Aaron and I wrote together. So it was really wonderful. Mm. Well, I'd also like to talk about a song of yours, Hard Living, from your CD Skin Talk, and this was released earlier. What is this song about? Hard Living was um, 
for me, it was almost the voice of Indigenous people across this country and the struggles that we have to to be seen and heard. And sometimes when we we feel like we take one step forward, it feels like we're being pulled two steps back. And so the idea was uh, that I feel like um, sometimes we, we feel really um, that the what I say is that the struggle is very real. <laughs> and so um, that song uh, came about on our, uh, a project called Skin Talk. And that was um, with our band incorporating indigenous um, musical elements into rhythm and blues. And that was a very, very special album. I, I wanted that album to be um, that was part of a tour that we had. Um, well, it ended up being an international tour because um, the music took off also in Europe, and uh, we we toured uh, Sweden and and uh, Britain and France, and and it ended up being a huge hit even in Italy, and um, and it was really great because it it brought the voices of the native communities. Um, to the forefront because, you know, you travel to places like Europe who don't even know that Indigenous people in, exist. They still think that Native Americans no longer exist, that we're extinct, like some kind of species that died out. And so I felt it was my responsibility to um, change that and to raise awareness and to reopen this conversation of our existence. Um, there's so many examples of indigeneity across this country, um, you know, people don't even realize they're even using language from many of our tribes' languages, um, and their you know street names and buildings and all kinds of things that are around and that are just pretty much taken for granted, and um, and so that that was for me like um, the Skin Talk album was in a way uh, the beginning of. Um, an awakening. Mm. Well, it was an awakening uh, that resonated clearly with many people because you won the sixth annual Independent Music Award for Best R&B Album when that was released, I read. And uh, on this song, you use some Native American or First Nation chanting specifically. You, you call that a vocal ball. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, we, we call them vocal balls because the the word chanting is really more for for Buddhism, mm. and so um, that's a word that you know Western people ended up using for anything that didn't fall under the the Euro standards of of what music is, and so we're trying to um, correct people so that they use the correct words. I mean, we even even. Um, our, some of our own communities still use those words because those are the words that we have been retaught. Remember, we, you know, we've had everything taken away from us, and then we've had to to get everything back. Right. And so we're all learning as well about how to be who we are mm -hmm. and how to reclaim who we are. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, the and 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 I'm and thank you for correcting me on that because I will try to remember to use that term vocable. You. I think I, I heard you say at one point that vocables were used in part because um, members of different tribes spoke different languages, and it was a way for them to communicate together. That's right. 
to to sing and prayer and pray in ceremonies and and social occasions where you know if someone would have a, a prayer for for the crops or a prayer for uh, mourning it was a way for um tribes to come together and and song and sing together without having to speak each other's languages uh, fluently mm-hmm. well your music has such a clear narrative to it that's that's something that you that uh, that is common i think with every song of yours and and it's hard to separate your music from your storytelling because it's all it all is part of the same and i think storytelling seems to me to be very essential for you and a necessary component of your music Absolutely. I've, I, we live in a time where, you know, we're, we're struggling for our, our stories to be even included as part of American history being taught in schools. Um, and so we're in, you know, with this overload of information through technology, we also have our um, state legislatures trying to erase even further our American stories. And, um, you know, what little has been taught about Native and African American stories um, has not been accurate, has been a lie. And so, (laughs) you know, we've been trying to fight to have truths put in. You know, there has to be more to the American story with regard to black and brown people. It has to be more than than um, you know, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving story, <laughs> you know, where um, pilgrims came together with with natives and had dinner together and were friends. You know, that's just you know, that's just so inaccurate. And we don't even know, you know, we're children don't even know the names of the tribes who were involved with uh, the Thanksgiving story. And um, and then when you talk about um, African American history that is also a major erasure in fact uh here in new york city you know our school that our you know elementary school that our son went to they wrote letters to um the department of education demanding that in addition to um ancient roman civilization that is always taught in schools you know we all we all learn about you know Caesar and you know the Roman history and Greek you know the 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 ancient Greek stories and you know we all learn that in school and everybody has these exams and everything but when it comes to um the African uh story here in America um, uh, black American history begins with slavery mm-hmm. so black children as young as 5 years old believe that they started from are less than their their white classmates who were taught taught about roman gods mm. you know and greek gods and kings and you know queens and all of these things um but we are learned you know black children are taught that they were slaves that's mm. where they began and then everything else that stems from that until you know, Dr. King fought for civil rights. That's one of the reasons why it's so important, Martha, that you are doing your work, because ideas sometimes can be spread more easily through music than through words, especially in an era when we're not necessarily reading 
our tr a true a true history. You're absolutely right. There is. Um, I feel that you know, as a musician and as an artist, you know, everyone has a, a reason that they're doing these. You know, you have this calling that you're trying to to honor and respond to. And so, I made a conscious decision many, many years ago to remain an independent artist as, as long as I could afford it, you know, to pay for the roof over my head. I wish I had, you know, the the machines that the big names, you know, that Lady Gaga or Madonna or these, you know, Beyonce or these people had. I, I God only knows, I wish I had the machine that could help um, me operate on that kind of level to do my storytelling. But um, I did make an effort to um, remain an independent grassroots artist because it allowed me to be able to tell the stories that I feel are important, not only for myself, but for future generations. And now that I'm a mother, you know, I, I'm telling these stories, not just for myself, but I'm telling them for my children's children. Mm -hmm. So that our, so that our little boy, when he grows up, when he's a grandfather, he can tell his grandchildren mm -hmm. about these stories and so that they live. And you're absolutely right. I think um, music and the arts, theater and storytelling, um, composition, I think, you know, paintings, um, drama, acting, all of these, all of the arts and dance, these are the ways that we can move these stories forward and push these stories forward in a way that um, people are able to accept them in a way or understand them because they're tapping into, you know, I guess the, I use a funny word, but you know, like I use gumbo, but they're tapping into an umami of emotions mm. that, that, that touch the body. You know, these things resonate, music resonates in so many different ways. You know, there are triggers, things that remind us of stories when we were a child, things that make us cry and laugh and giggle and jump around. And they take us, you know, music takes us into places that we don't expect, you know, that trigger, that cause these triggers. And um, and it's a, what I find is that's almost like a, a magical way of tapping into um, ancestry and, you know, and, and ancestral power and not to sound like I'm, you know, kind of airy fairy and living in the cosmos, but it is something that taps into an emotion that we can't describe and maybe a subconscious, our subconscious mind and reminds us of things that, you know, like I say, that resonated with us maybe when we were children. So Martha, that's an easy segue into talking a little bit more about arts education. When you're here in the Quad Cities, you will be visiting numerous schools and performing for them. So I'm wondering if you can comment about the important role that arts education plays in our lives and the importance of mentoring others others through music. Yeah, that's um, that that came about in an also in an organic way. Um, just as a grassroots artist performing, you know, on the road, I realized that during the school year, you know, if it's between September and June, we should also be in schools. You know, we should be sharing this cultural exchange in schools across the country. And um, and then as we started doing that, we started booking schools and, and going and, and visiting reservations. And, and it was such a beautiful thing and so important um, for children to 
you know, we live in we live in a world now where, you know, everyone is from everywhere and everyone has a culture to share and a story to tell. And um, we also live in a world at the same time of um, very much marginalization and erasure. And with this overload of technology, uh, all of our stories are not being told. And so I think uh, for me through music, I'm just opening up the conversation again of, of sharing song and storytelling with our younger generations. I feel like um, it's important for everyone to share their stories. And so I kind of, you know, start with myself. You know, they always say, if you want to make change, you know, you start with the, with the person in the mirror. And I choose to tell my own story and to invite people into my humble little world where I come from and, and through music and song and, and social dances. That's uh, my way of um, hoping that I, that I resonate with the, with audiences, because I think it's really important to um, make sure that, that we're all seen and heard. We, we cannot afford to participate in the genocide of our own people. Mm-hmm. Well, Martha Redbone, thank you so much for talking today. And we are looking forward to your upcoming residency here in the Quad Cities. Me too. I can't wait to to visit the schools and to see everyone. I'm really excited. And thank you for bringing me out there. Don't miss the opportunity to hear Martha Redbone in concert this week, thanks to Quad City Arts Visiting Artist Series. Free performances will be held on Tuesday, May 9th at noon at the Moline Public Library and at 7 p.m. at the Butterworth Center in Moline. On Wednesday, May 10th, limited tickets remain to the Quad City Arts Pass performance, which has been rescheduled to the Botanical Center. For complete information, visit quadcityarts.com. And lastly, you can catch a full-length performance May 13th at Common Chord, previously River Music Experience in Davenport. Tickets can be purchased at commonchordqc.org. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities, for WVIK. Thank you.